And welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller, your host. It is a couple days after Christmas. And since it's a couple days after Christmas and my birthday is the day after Christmas, I'm going to pick a show that I want to listen to for today. Actually, I want to listen to all of these. I don't mean to say it that way, but um, since I get choice for the day, we're going to go back to It Pays to be Ignorant, one of my all-time favorite stupid, crazy shows. This particular one from August 17th, 1945, CBS Radio Network. I don't think this has been heard anywhere since it was originally broadcast. This is taken directly from the original 16-inch glass-based transcription discs that a friend of mine uh, transferred for me a couple years ago. So it'll be an exclusive to the good old days of radio show for about two seconds until everybody rips it off and takes it and sends it all across the internet. Don't do that if you... If, can I ask you not to do that, please? Anyway, I know you're going to do it anyhow, so I should just shut up and let you hear the show. All right, here's It Pays to Be Ignorant. What is a stuffed olive? A grape with a tail light. Correct. Pay that man $8. <laughs> what is alimony? The high cost of leaving. Correct. Pay that man $9 because... It pays to be ignorant. Presented by Philip Morris Cigarettes and Johnny. Johnny, Johnny in his red coat and brass buttons, stepping out of store windows and counters all over the country to bring you that shouldn't be seen, shouldn't be heard, shouldn't be quiz program. It pays to be ignorant. making morons feel like college professors. We have a board of experts who are so dumb they think a steamroller is used to roll steam. First, we have to celebrate author Mr. Harry McNaughton, who has just written the condensed version of the book, A Bell for Adana, entitled Bong. But here he is, here he is, Mr. Harry McNaughton. Thank you. I have a poem, Mr. Howard. Yeah. Incidentally, it's about bells. Good. Yes, when we hear the bell go clang and up drives the patrol, we know at once it's father for whom the bells toll. Uh, a masterpiece. You know he's been up the river more times than the Albany night boat? I imagine. All right, next yeah. we have a woman who has a nose for news, but it don't belong on her face. The only woman in Times Square who wasn't kissed on VJ Day. Here she is, Miss Lulu McConnell. Is that so? But it was different in the Civil War. I bet it was. Yeah. In, in those days, my figure was streamlined. Uh-huh. Just like a ship. Uh-huh. Well, since, since then, your cargo was shifted. Okay. <laughs> Next. Next, we have a man. Next, we have a man who had to take a job as a fight referee because he could only count up to ten. A man, a man who, when he was a boy, was voted the most likely to find himself in Harvard in a bottle 
Here he is, Mr. George Shelton. Say, you know, Mr. Hart, I have a new hobby now. Yeah. I'm, I'm a collector of rare specimens. Uh-huh. So is your old man. I... <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, I got a very rare specimen, the skull of Napoleon. I bought off for a man for only $500. Yeah. My word, that was a rare find, you know. Yeah. Just think of that, and only $500. Yeah, and you know, there's only two of them in the country. Just... One of them, well, yeah. <laughs> One of them is in the National Museum, uh-huh. and I got the other one. I see. You got the other one. Yeah, I got the one when he was a baby. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> Next time you come to the studio, wear that one. Yeah. Leave yours at home. Let's get on here. Well, you've just met the experts, folks, so here's the first question. Pay attention, see what we can do with it. Yes. The steamboat Robert E. Lee is named after what great Civil War general? Did you hear the question, Mr. McNaughton? No, I didn't, Mr. Hard. Well, will you stop shooting rubber bands at the audience and pay a little attention here? Well, I'm, I'm paying as little attention as anyone else. Yes, yeah, so I see. What was the question, Mr. Hard? It's about boats. Oh, boats. Oh, I see. Yeah, boats. That's a nautical question, isn't it? You know, I love nautical questions. Uh, so do I. Let's get nautical. Oh, cut it out, please. The question is, the steamboat Robert E. Lee was named after what Civil War general? Do you know Mr. Shelton? Sure I know Mr. Shelton. Lived with him for years. Uh. <laughs> and I must say, he's a very nice chap. Okay. Oh, a lovable personality. Yeah, yeah. Kind, yeah. genial, yeah. and I might say intelligent. I see. Bring him around. I'd like to meet that guy sometime. Don't any of you know anything about American history? Oh, sure. I always remember my history teacher in school. All right. Her name was Bessie. I know, but did you learn anything about history? Yeah, but not as much as I learned about Bessie. Uh, (laughs) Well, what do you want to know about history, Mr. Howard? I want to know the name of the Civil War general for whom they named the steamboat Robert E. Lee. Last time I was on a boat, I was standing on the back of the boat with the captain. Oh, I see, yes, I know, but the captain stands on the front of the boat. But this fellow was a rear admiral. He was a rear... <laughs> My word. <laughs> was he a nice fellow, Miss McConnell? Was he nice? Oh, he was just grand. Yes. Next morning when I came up on deck, I said to the purser, where's the captain? Uh-huh. He said, the captain is forward. <laughs> I said, I don't care, I'm on a vacation. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Look, did you, did you get nautical? Never mind, did she get nautical, look. There was a steamboat that used to run on the Mississippi River. It was called the Robert E. Lee. Oh, yeah. I used to sing that song when I was a little girl. When you were a little girl, they didn't have steamboats. Now, let's get on here. (laughs) The name of the boat I'm talking about was the Robert E. Lee. Now, please, what great general had the same name? It wouldn't be General Delivery, would it? (laughs) No, it wouldn't be General Delivery. That's what I said. It wouldn't be General Delivery. Please. Certainly not. He works in the post office. Who? Ah, Johnny, that's enough. Will you slide in here and get rid of the entire mess? Certainly, Mr. Howard. I will just find our experts a carton of Philip Morris cigarettes, which I'll give to this sailor in the first row. Good. Thank you. Now, here's the next question. Dr. Novick will play a beautiful Irish ballad. I want you to tell me what kind of flower is mentioned in the song. Mr. Howard, animal, vegetable, or mineral? Animal? Ah, cut it out. What do you mean? Mr. McNaughton, why don't you get yourself another idiot and settle down? With pleasure, Mr. Howard, yes. Can you cook? Can I cook? (laughs) (laughs) I I can cook, Mr. Howard. 
What was the question? What Civil War general was named after the Mississippi River? That is not... <laughs> terrible, that is not the question. Well, what was the question? I haven't given it to you yet. Then how do you expect us to answer it? <laughs> I haven't given it to us yet. How do you like that guy? Yeah. I hate him. All right. <laughs> I hated him three years before I met him. Look, I told you Dr. Novick was going to play a beautiful Irish ballad. Now see if you can tell me what kind of flower is mentioned in the song. Will you favor us, Dr. Novick? Back to dear old Ireland. Well, it should have left you there. The last time I visited Ireland, I could hardly tear myself away. All right. You know, I still believe I left a little bit of me over there. Uh-huh. Well, you brought plenty back with you, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yes. Now, you all heard the song, What Flower Was the Song About? What was the name of the flower? Buckwheat. Buckwheat. <laughs> Did you say buckwheat? Yes, I said buckwheat. Why don't you pay attention? <laughs> Mr. Shannon, when you were born, you didn't get all your brains. Well, my old man didn't pay the doctor the last payment. I see. <laughs> I said, Mr. Howard, tell me, was it buckwheat? No, that's uh, not the flower I mean. No? Was it gold medal? Well, you cut it out. <laughs> I'm talking about a flower that grows in the garden. Oh, it grows in the garden. Yeah. You mean garden inus. Garden inus. <laughs> That's gardenia. Oh. I don't believe anything you know anything about flowers. Oh, is that so? Who doesn't? All of you don't. You don't. No? All right, if you think you do, what is a peony? Peony is a small... A peony is a small horse. A small horse. <laughs> Anybody knows that? That's worse. Look, please, we have a question here. It's about flowers. I love flowers. My garden is just full of them. Do you have any cowslips? No. no, no, but I have some early bloomers. Maybe, Mr. Hart, I'll find our ex base another carton of Philip Morris cigarettes, which I'll give to the soldier in the front row. It certainly is not the wish of us here at Philip Morris to intrude on the happiness and deep thanksgiving that peace has brought to so many American hearts these last great days. But there is one thought which inescapably must be a part of all our thanks and all our prayers. 
to the limit of human determination and human faith, every one of us must now consecrate his life to doing all things possible, whereby the peoples of this earth shall work and dwell together in cooperation, in understanding, in peace, forever hereafter. We owe that to our departed heroes, to our heroic living. As long as our lives last, we owe them that. Thank you, Ken Roberts. That was indeed very nice. And now we come to our contestants. While Mr. Roberts is getting the folks up here, we fill in the time and allow our orchestra to practice. Dr. Novick's orchestra is the only orchestra in the country whose members are all relatives of Dr. Novick. <laughs> With a setup like that, how can you get good music? Here they are, Dr. Novick and his orchestra. Tuning up already. That wasn't necessary. get some good musicians later on. <laughs> Who is our first contestant this evening, Mr. Roberts? Our first contestant tonight, Mr. Howard, is a very charming and lovely young lady, Seaman First Class Dorothy Bailey of the Spars. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> how do you do, Miss Bailey? This is indeed a pleasure, and thank you a lot for coming up. Uh, how do you feel, Miss Bailey? Oh, just fine. That's fine. You say, you're not nervous, are you? Oh, nothing like that. Uh, good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, where's your hometown, would you care to tell us? I come from Malden, Massachusetts. From where? Malden, Massachusetts. 
Malden, Massachusetts. Yes. Oh, that's well. Been up there many times. Had a nice time every time I visited there. Yes, sir. That is a very nice town, Miss uh, Miss Bailey, is it? Yes. Yes. You know, you know, Mr. Howard, Miss Bailey is a very charming girl, you know. Uh, yes, she is. She's very charming. All right, Mr. McNaught. I'll yes. say it again. Very sweet. All right. <laughs> Don't embarrass the young lady. As a matter of fact, I met a very charming girl last night. Her name was Minnie Frankfurt at WM. Minnie Frankfurt at WM? Yes. What does the WM mean? With mustard. With mustard. <laughs> lived on the corner, you know, up around the bed. Okay, Mr. McNaughton, please, we have a guest here. So, you know, Miss Howard, I asked my girl to marry me last week. You, you did? did? Yeah. I asked her Monday and she repulsed me. I asked her Tuesday and she repulsed me. I asked her Wednesday and she repulsed me. She was the most repulsive girl <laughs> I ever met. Pay no attention to Miss Barry. How long have you been in the service? Six months. Six months. Yes, uh, uh, what do you intend to do after uh, you're out? What, what are you going well, back to? I haven't decided yet what I'll do. I see. What'd you do before you entered the service? I was a stenographer. A stenographer? Yes. Oh, that's fine. You took dictation life. That's right. I see. Mr. Hart. She, she's... Venus de Milo was a good stenographer, you know. Venus de Milo was? She took shorthand. She took shorthand. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Howard. Yes. Bailey, Miss, Miss, Miss Bailey's cute, isn't she? She's a cute little girl. Oh, she's uh, did you hear about the new beauty wrinkle, Miss Bailey? I read in the paper today, a woman with black eyes will wear black hair. A woman with brown eyes will have brown hair. A woman with blue eyes will have blue hair. You're going to look awful funny running around with bloodshot hair, Miss <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you old discarded paintbrush! Thank you. No Miss Bailey, will you reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us, please? And when you get one, would you be kind enough to read it? Just take your time and read it right into the microphone. What kind of a bird comes out of a cuckoo clock? That's very good. What kind of a bird comes out of a cuckoo clock? Have you got that, Mr. McNaughton? Uh, no, Mr. Howard, no. We never had a cuckoo clock. The uh -huh. only thing around our house that cuckoos is my wife. She cuckoos. <laughs> I said, have you got the question? Oh, no, no. I thought you had it. Well, what'd you do, lose it? Oh, wait a minute. I didn't lose it. Then what are you asking us if we got it for? How can we have to question if you got it? Gee whiz, you get dumber every week. Yeah. And right now, you're two months ahead of time. All right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, have you got the answer? Well, make up your mind. What'd you lose, the answer or the question? <laughs> I didn't lose anything. I want to know what kind of a bird comes out of a cuckoo clock. Oh, what kind of a bird comes out of a cuckoo clock? Right. Now, let me see. Don't tell me. He won't. He don't even know himself. <laughs> Let's see now. I, I, have a, I have a grandfather clock, but I, I've never seen a bird come out of it. As a matter of fact, I've never even seen grandfather come out of it. I saw my Uncle Webfoot come out of a grandfather's clock. He thought it was a telephone booth. Your Uncle Webfoot? Yeah. Your Uncle Webfoot is as dumb as you are. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. Just because he does a few dumb things once in a while, that doesn't mean that he is as dumb as I am. I see. <laughs> Look, have any of you say? ever seen a cuckoo clock? Oh, sure. We had a cuckoo clock, but we had to get rid of it. Oh, really? Why did you get rid of it? My old man kept crawling in looking for eggs. I see. <laughs> But he never found any. That's too bad. Well, certainly not. My uncle had a cuckoo for 15 years. Never laid an egg. Uh-huh. Most uh -huh. unreliable. I see. Maybe it was a rooster cuckoo. Ah, cut it out. <laughs> the question is, what kind of a bird comes out of a cuckoo clock? Please. I know a song about a bird, Mr. Howard. Never mind. 
Sing it, Miss McConnell. Goodbye, little yellow... Ah, oh, cut it out, please, Johnny. That does it. Quick, Goodbye. get it. Cut it out. Give our charming guest $25 for a question. Yes, sir, Mr. Harden. I will also give her a carton of Philip Morris cigarettes. Good. This coming Sunday, August 19th, has been designated by President Truman as a day of national prayer and thanksgiving to the providence which has brought us safely through to victory and to all those who have given so much to make this victory possible. Philip Morris joins the rest of America in heartfelt gratitude to every man and woman who wears or has worn the splendid uniform of our nation and our allies in every branch or arm of service, and humbly in reverence for the memories of those we have lost. And too, let us not forget those on the home front who toiled to make this great victory possible. But above all, in the determination that what they have done shall never be forgotten, its meaning for one moment lost, or our deep debt to them by any degree defaulted. Uh, thank you, Ken. Now, who is our next contestant, please? Well, our next guest tonight, Mr. Howard, is Private Tony Sharaba of the United States Army. Very nice. Good. <laughs> thank you for coming up, Private. Uh, how do you feel this evening? Just a little nervous, I guess. Well, oh, now, don't be nervous. There's really nothing to be nervous about. We're so, uh, I might say, one great big family here, so don't be nervous, uh, Where's your hometown, would you care to tell us? I'm a registered voter at Miami Beach, Florida. Miami Beach, Florida, good. <laughs> well, what do you know about that Miami Beach, Florida? Yeah, yeah. Well, rattle my bones and call me a natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to work in that town. Uh -huh. <laughs> Two years this has been yeah, going on. I was a plumber in a tobacco shop. Uh -huh. <laughs> you, uh, you were a plumber in a tobacco shop? I used to clean pipes. Ah, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the madman, Tony. Uh, Tony, what are you doing in New York? On a furlough or something? Oh, well, wait a minute. I see you have an emblem on there. What does that represent? I don't believe I've ever seen any of those. That golden eagle above the right breast pocket signifies an honorable discharge. Oh, you're out of the army. Yes, sir. Well, well. Congratulations for your honorable discharge. Hey, uh, I think, you know, Private uh, Sharaba, during... Or Mr. Sharaba, rather, now. <laughs> I, uh, during the last war, I, I was in 5B. Well... Wait yes. a minute. 5B. Yes. Now, just what is 5B? Baldness, bridge work, bifocals, bay window, and bunions. Uh-huh. <laughs> you left out brainless, too, I, I, I might did. say. <laughs> Would you mind telling us, uh, Tony, just what you did uh, uh, before you went into service? Well, I was not in the service. I'm not talking to you. Isn't that nice? Uh, I used to be a master of ceremonies in nightclubs, cocktail lounges, cafes. Oh, you did? A master of ceremonies? Yes, sir. You, like, told jokes and things like that, I suppose. That's you, right. You ever do any singing? Yes, I used to do a little singing. Oh, you did? Well, yes. say, now that we're uh, better acquainted... Now, it gives me an idea. Would you mind... Do you think you could sing something for us this evening? We've had a kind of a community thing here. Let's finish it out. Do you know any songs, I mean? Well, I just know one new song that I learned since I've been out. Oh, what? well, anything will do. You, could you sing it for us? Well, does the piano player know If I Loved You? Well, I don't think he knows anything, but you can... Uh, <laughs> he'll, uh, <laughs> he'll follow you. <laughs> no, what, what key? 
B-flat. Will you play it in B-flat, Mr. Piano Player? If I loved you Time and again I would try to say All I'd want you the pistol, but you got plenty of packing. <laughs> Tony, you can help us out. Tony, will you reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us, please? And would you read the uh, question, if you kindly will? Just take your time, Tony, and read it. Nero was the Roman emperor of what ancient city? Very good. Nero was the Roman emperor of what ancient city? Oh, my word, that, that's a good question, isn't it? Yes, it is a good question. What was the question? All Nero, right. Nero was the Roman emperor of what ancient city? That's right, Mr. McNaughton. It is yeah. splendid. Yeah. Mark, shall we go on to the next question? Oh, wait a minute. What about this question? Well, I said it was good. What more do you want? I want an answer. There you go all over again. Never satisfied. We told him the question, now he wants the answer. All right. The question... You're a dumb cluck. The question is... A... You're repeating that so much, I'll begin to believe it, Mr. Sheldon. The question is about an ancient history. You should know ancient history, Miss McConnell. I, I should know ancient history? Right. Why? Well... Don't answer! <laughs> All right. Tell me, Nero was the Roman emperor of what ancient city? Well, Mr. Howard, tell me, what's the population of the city? Please, 
That doesn't make any difference. Oh, it don't make any difference. Nothing makes any difference with you. For your information, it makes a lot of difference. Why? Uh, huh? I said why. You said why. Yes, yes, I said why. That's right, I heard him. I heard him say why. Why did you say why, Mr. Howard? He's just trying to confuse me. That's why he said why. No. You've been confused since the day you were born. I'm not interested in the population of the city. I just want the name of it. Well, what about Detroit? Well, what about Detroit? That's got a population. All right. That's right, that's right. That's right, Detroit has got a population. I ought to know. I was there. I saw people walking all around the place. I see. Mr. Sheldon, I've seen better heads than yours in the bag of boats. Johnny, I tell you what, what? to do. Step in here, will you please, and give our good friend Tony $25 for his question. Certainly, Mr. Harden. I will also give Tony a carton of Philip Morris cigarettes. Thank you. Well, folks, the old clock on the wall tells us our time is up, so we'll have to leave you until this time next week. Try and be with us, won't you? Now, here is a fellow with a voice like a cuckoo clock to tell you what we mean when we say... It's nice to be ignorant, to be dumb, to be dense, to be ignorant. It pays to be ignorant just like me. When I was just a school kid, I wasn't awfully bright. I had a pretty teacher who made me stay in each night. So you see, it pays to be ignorant. Join us again next week at the same time when Johnny presents It Pays to be Ignorant. Listen also on Sunday nights to the Philip Morris Crime Doctor, brought to you over most of these same stations. All prize money distributed by this program is duplicated by Philip Morris in gifts to the Army and Navy Relief Society. Attention, please. 15,000 skilled railroad workers are needed on Western railroads to transport supplies and to bring our fighting men home faster. These jobs offer good pay and security. So if you're a railroader, apply to Railroad Retirement Board in your locality or to the United States Employment Service. The emergency is now. Apply at once. This is Johnny again returning now to the thousands of store windows and counters all over America. Look for me. I'll be waiting for you. Come in and call for Philip Murray. Goodbye, Johnny. We'll be hearing you over these same stations next Friday at this same time. This is Ken Roberts. This is Tom Howard saying good night and good nonsense. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. As always, lots of great dad jokes on that show. The little interruption in the middle, which wasn't exactly an interruption, but a little change of pace. This show was broadcast on um, August 17, 1945. World War II officially ended August 14th, three days earlier, and they're talking about uh, the end of the war and celebrating the end of the war because they had just uh, dropped all those atomic bombs on Japan, and Japan surrendered, and so we were, we were done with World War II. So that kind of adds a little historical context to what you heard here, and interesting that they would do that on this particular show, but a lot of the shows uh, did 
make mention of the fact that the war was now over and everybody could allegedly go back to a more normal life, except for all the housing shortages and other shortages that happened right after World War II. All right, that's it for the good old days of radio show for Tuesday. We'll be back next Tuesday with another great radio program. Uh, It'll be uh, New Year's Day or close to it, and we'll have a special New Year's Day show for you. On Thursday, we are away now from Christmas far enough that we can resume our uh, science fiction series. So uh, Thursday, there'll be another in the top 10 all-time great science fiction shows for you. In the meantime, please continue to comment on Facebook, spread this show around, Please rate and review this podcast. Those of you who know how to do that, please do that. Uh, The more people that we can get exposed to the show and get listening, the better it is. Our numbers are still rising, and we don't want that to stop. We want it to continue until every last person who has any interest in old-time radio shows can tune in or however you do it these days. It's the modern world. I'm from the old world of tuning in. Here you have to, I guess push a button on a computer or something. I don't know. I'm just your host. Okay, that's it for this week. See you next week. This is John Tefteller saying goodbye. Goodbye.